Welcome to Sherna Talks Beauty. I'm your host, Sherna Malone, and I love nothing more than a good chat. From skincare to self-care, makeup to menopause, no topic is off limits. So get ready to learn and be inspired as we embrace all forms of beauty and discover how to look and feel your best inside and out. This week's episode is brought to you by Revive Active, Ireland's number one dietary and supplement brand. Revive Active is more than just a multivitamin. It's a super supplement delivered in one daily powdered sachet, just add water. Formulated to support energy, the heart and immune system, and to reduce fatigue. To find out more, talk to your local health food store, pharmacy, or visit reviveactive.com. I have a real treat for all you skincare enthusiasts out there. Joining me this week is the fabulous Jennifer Rock, otherwise known as the Skin Nerd, a true champion in the world of skincare education and one of the country's most well-known skincare experts. And she also happens to be a very dear friend. Furthermore, she is the founder of the multi-award winning Skingredient Skincare Range, mastermind behind the Cleanse Off Mitt, uh, the Skin Nerd Network online skin consultations and store. She is also uh, the author of two best-selling skincare books and is a TV print and radio contributor uh, and not forgetting Mum to Matthew uh, and the loving partner of her fiancé Jill. In this episode, Jen shares her incredible career story, her passion for education, uh, her thoughts on the latest skincare trends, finding work-life balance, her non-negotiable Revive Active and a sneak peek of her skincare shelf. She also actually shares some really lovely memories of my dear mum Bronwyn, who sadly passed away after we recorded this. And they're so lovely and they mean so much to Bronwyn and myself. So thank you, Jen. Right. No more chat from me. Let's get straight in. Uh, I hope you enjoy. Here's Jen. Jen, you are so welcome to Sherna Talks Beauty. It is wonderful to see you here today, albeit via Zoom. Um, first of all, I just want to say huge congratulations on the fantastic news about yourself and Jill. Uh, it's just, it's so lovely. I I got the VIP magazine and you know, when I was reading it, there's just so much love in that feature um, and it's so beautiful and I am so delighted for you and Jill. I've known you for quite some time now and the happiness on your face is just, yeah, it's it's something else. So uh, yeah, congratulations to the two of you. How does it feel? Thanks, Sharna. We do. We know each other a very long time. You're absolutely right. So, and you know what? We've often, every time we've we've spoken, we always talk about like, you know, what can you do to make your skin be the healthiest? And we always say inside out. And I do think the last eight weeks of my life have probably been the che- the cheesiest, romantically happiest. And yeah, there's a lot to be said for feeling good in yourself in that way. So yeah, I'm really lucky. Uh, just feel on cloud nine. I mean, if you're not on cloud nine when you're engaged, when the hell are you going to be on cloud nine? I suppose there's big alarm bells rather than wedding bells if you weren't happy right now. So no, yeah. Yeah, definitely really lucky. And you mentioned the VIP spread. That was a beautiful opportunity. I think there's not an awful lot of female same-sex couples in the public eye. So it's not that I'm trying to be the sole advocate for it, but I feel growing up, I didn't really resonate with anybody nor quite know and perhaps didn't question my own sexuality till I was a little bit later. So to be able to be in a magazine and show other people that are much younger than I that, you know, you live a normal life. It's the exact same regardless of what gender relationship you're in. Then, yeah, it's been a really beautiful few weeks of just lots of people that you know and you don't know celebrating celebrating our joy. So, yeah, long met last year. And how many years are you married? Oh, oh back for advice. God. 10 to 15 years. I have to think about this. Yeah, do the maths now, sure. Eight years. Yeah. Something like <laughs> you see, you forget the older you get these um, milestones, yeah, you tend to forget them. And certainly with oh, brain yeah. fog and menopause, you forget them even more. But look, I balance life and podcast and skin. No, I get it. I totally get it. No, thank you very much for your congratulations. Yeah, it's a lovely, it's a lovely time, and you're just trying to make it last as long as you possibly can. I suppose. Well, as I said, I'm I'm so delighted for you both. Let's go back to the very beginning. Um, obviously, I know your story, Jen, and I heard, I can't remember what podcast it was, but you regaled this lovely, lovely story about you being, I think, 13 and you were cutting the cotton wool uh, in a salon that you were working in. And you know what? I had to laugh because it brought me right back to when I was <laughs> in Monkstown, cutting the cotton wool, cutting the wax strips and me being OCD 
the amount of wax strips that ended up in the bin because they weren't perfectly cut. Bring us back to that 13-year-old Jen uh, cutting the cotton wool. Sure, no, you make me laugh now thinking of the wax strips as well. You're right, Gemma, they were kind of more like a bandage material years ago rather than this kind of white fibre that it is now. And you'd have little shreds of material that would come off and sprinkle over. Oh my God, I'm bringing myself down every night. Um, so yeah, I suppose I... I really fell in love with skincare age 13 as I think is now the norm. Like, my God, I look at our clients' children, even my son's friends, you know, 13, 14, 15 year girls, like that age group, they just love skincare. Whereas when I think back to what, like 20 odd years ago, 30 odd years ago, when that was my reality, it wasn't the norm. And beauty wasn't perhaps the career or the industry. It definitely wasn't the, the huge uh, uh, billion dollar industry that it is today. So it was unusual to love it, I would say. And I remember going to booths in Northern Ireland. This is when there was the border and you really had to stop and you got your car checked and the whole lot. And it was a big trip up with my mom and her sister. So my aunt and, and my cousins and it was a really girly day. And you just felt like you're a part of something special. Remember going into Boots and falling in love with the smell, which I now say smells don't change yeah. cells. So how does it change, right? But falling in love with Boots used to have this um, aloe vera. I can still smell it. I can still, when I talk about it, I can smell it. That's how powerful scent is, right? It really is so powerful. But I fell in love with the cleanser. There was, it was it would have been cleanse, tone, moisturize. Because now there's serums and all these elixir of youths and uh, spritzes and SPFs obviously is hugely important. But back then it was just cleanse, tone, moisturize. And I fell in love with the ritual of it. And I suppose now the language I'd put around it is that it was self-care for me, as many teenagers have had. I suppose I, I had um perhaps a little bit of a rocky road at times. I I perhaps was teased for how I looked and so on and so forth. So I think looking after my skin was my way of trying to look after myself and maybe take a little bit of control. And I loved it, fell in love with it. And I really did feel that looking after my skin helped me with my spots. And I did need to go down the doctor-led route in my teens and definitely needed that external, which I still stand to this day as a therapist. There's so much we can do, but you definitely need medics advice at times, 100%. And they can work together. So that would have been my introduction to skincare when I was quite young and I was adamant I wanted to work in it. So to bring you to the, the cotton wool side of life... <laughs> I was the most annoying 13. I used to get a facial every month. I think mommy had really seen, I still call her mommy. I'll never stop calling her mommy. I'll be in trouble if I say ma'am. So anyway, she brought me for facials and I really, I just loved it. I, I was so curious about, at that stage, it was all about the ozone and the steam and extractions and it would have been dermatologic I had. I mean, it was very advanced for my age back then very and they advanced. didn't have a start back then. Um, but yeah, I just loved it. And I fell in love with the lady that I still know quite well. She owns the salon local to where we live. And yeah, she she brought me in um, for summers on end where I'd do exactly that. Make a cup of tea, cut the cotton wool, um, cut the wax strips. Um, and it would have been actually cotton wool, like the yes, wool, not pads, just visualize it. And yeah, that feeling, I can still... The scissors and you're you'd absolutely have colours yes. at the end of your fingers would be falling off you with the pain. But you had to have the meticulous and then you had to cut them in certain ways and you could only wet them a certain length of time before the treatment. It was just military procedure and I loved it and I fell in love with everything about it. And that's what made me adamant that this was going to be my career. And I think because my parents come from perhaps a more um traditional streamlined banking law side of life, I think for them, they could see the passion, the determination. I worked in that salon every single summer throughout my entire schooling years and my transition year I went and I worked in um Monica Tolan so Karina Tolan that's when yes. I would have first met I was 15 I worked in her mom's salon her mom was so kind to me and that's that's genuinely how it fell in love I had to really petition and show my parents this was it because they what perhaps would have been in more favor sure and I don't know if this would have been the same with you with your mom being in the sector but for my parents it wasn't a good pensionable job and like you think about now with the girls or I think about it with Matthew Matthew's only just gone through the Leaving Cert last year and he's done his CAO and he's in college we don't talk about pensions anymore but when I was when I was at that stage in my life like 15-20 years ago you spoke about pensions as part of something to really consider it sounds makes me sound you know a little bit older maybe than my years but it's the truth so yeah that was my introduction and so it was an emotional and I just, yeah just just well, the sector definitely that dedication there and it's funny when you say Monica Tolan there because Monica trained in with mum and Karina well. I think Bronwyn taught Karina actually okay uh, I think I could be wrong but you know that's why I suppose you know beauty as you know I suppose you know is in my own DNA and and it was uh, it was wonderful growing up in the industry and being the guinea pig for many uh, products moments I go try this or be in the salon <laughs> having having a treatment um, I remember many a, a lovely uh, Gino 
Kathy, uh, well, it was Kathy oh Dermy back god. then, but oh my god, I I, I loved I it. Love but it wasn't something that my mother necessarily wanted for me to go into. Okay. I mean, she was very much go to college, and of course, being the dutiful uh, eldest daughter, sure, she did. Whereas, you know, Bronwyn took a a different route; she went straight in. So when you then came to your, you know, leaving cert, and obviously, um, you know, mum and daddy, you know, they were like, right, okay. Jen, this is what you want to do. You obviously went and you trained and your career yeah. has just been incredible. Absolutely incredible. Okay. Thank you. I just looked at the sector has changed so much since I would have trained. I mean, if we can talk, so I trained originally and I had the most amazing tutors and amazing opportunities, like the national skills competition. I won that to travel abroad. So I think I got the hunger. And if I'm being really, really honest, Erna, I had Matthew when I was going That's to college. I was just about to say, you were mom. So, he gave me probably more of a drive. So rather than dreaming about, I don't know, X, Y, and Z bag or X, Y, and Z night out, I, I really had to provide. And so I would say that I expect an awful lot of myself. And that's always been my my reality in life. So that probably worked well in addition to being a mom. So I had more responsibility to push myself harder. So and this rightly or wrongly, and I hope I don't regret saying this, but the amount of people that would... um wrongly judge me being in beauty and that used to really push me forward so if we go for um go to a wedding say for example in my early 20s and um, you know yourself at the wedding table you don't know half the people sitting at this yeah. big table of 10 and say what do you do and you'd be like oh I'm an accountant I'm a solicitor I'm a banker I'm whatever and what do you do I work in beauty and they're like oh and I almost felt that people they didn't this is a good 15 years ago but it was 100% in my experience um, people were disappointed in it. I remember when I went on to do beauty, friends of our family spoke about how it was a disappointment that my brain and inverted commas would be wasted. So I was really passionate to say, this is this is my passion. And you, you know, I suppose I've always been on a mission to show people that this sector is phenomenal and what we do for people shouldn't be underestimated. And that's, that probably drove me on an awful lot in my early 20s because people used to question when I had Matthew so young, should I not go get a good career? And and so that probably spanned me a little bit. Yeah, it really, really did. It did. But I'm curious about you. So have you always been in, like, did you grow up cutting cotton wool or what age oh, were you? When yeah. exposed? Like, do you remember, what's your first memory of it? Were my you first little? memory, um, gosh, my first memory was, would you believe actually, mum used to, this was when it was in Ninth Street. And I can remember going in and they needed a model for electrolysis. Oh, wow. Wait, wait for this. Would you get up on the couch there, Sherna, and let them work on your legs? So I remember them with the electrolysis practicing on my legs. Um, And then I, from a very early age, um, I think, gosh, 13, I might have been down in the salon in Monkstown then. And that's I used to do the reception. Um, And it was, as I said, very much, okay. it's great you doing this and working here, but I still want you to go off and and, and do something uh, in college. So, I mean. I have a degree in psychology and I went on to do various other different things, but I never, never really liked it. And I was out walking with mum one day. I said this to you and I really just felt I hadn't found my love and my passion. And she said, oh, sure, come into the school and train. And I did. And I've never looked back. And, you know, you'll you'll appreciate this. You know what we do. It's extremely rewarding when you have somebody come in. And, you know, their their confidence is at an all time low. They're not happy with their skin. To be able to transform their skin, to give them their confidence back. For me, there is no greater thing that I, you know, that I can do. Um, and and I, I feel very fortunate that at this stage in my life, I'm getting to do what I love each and every, every day. Um, and I know you would feel that way too. I mean, and what I love about you, and I've always loved about you, Jen, is it's that education it's it's showing people how to take care of their skin properly how to mind their skin health and you're a huge advocate you know for that I mean if we take it back even to you know the cleanse off mitt and making sure that people are cleansing their skin I mean do you know bringing it right back to that I mean you know and then again the skin nerd and the network and nerd I mean skin school when we did that through the pandemic I mean you're all about the education and and that's where I just feel such a such a grow you know for as I said you and and what you do um I just think it's it's fantastic so you know going back to the cleanse off mitt that was you basically saying people need to be cleansing their skin properly am I right 
Absolutely. Can I rewind prior to that? Yeah. Because I have to with the <laughs> podcast that this is. So you're right. Everything that I base everything I base myself on is around education. But how did we meet Sharon and Malone? We met because <laughs> I one of the and I really mean this, and I'm not saying it to blow smoke up your derriere. I, I just have so much respect for you, your mom and your sister. So I remember working for a company. Um and it was I was working in Roseanne Crothers on yes. an event at the time and your mom was in the audience. And when I say and I really mean this when I say I nearly died, I nearly died because I loved Beatty so much that I would have been aware of her articles. Um, I just her name just meant so much. And she was in the audience and I was so nervous. I was so nervous doing a talk I was about makeup at the time and how you should really. And this is a good 15 years ago more maybe anyway long quite a while ago and uh the reality was I was speaking about how you really need to look at the ingredients in your skincare and sorry in your makeup because I believed it was skincare which was was so unusual at the time to speak about it now thankfully mineral makeup and so many other brands have taken off and your mom came up to me at the end and she held my hand and she she just said really kind words which I still remember and that gave me confidence to then think about she she said that I was a something to the effect of like a natural born communicator and I should really consider training in colleges and obviously her she had a college as you know as you might know um and so that kind of gave me the confidence to say right I'm going to go back and train so I went back and trained then in official capacity so I could train in colleges um and then not only did I get to do that but then I had the amazing opportunity of working for you and your mom so so that so that's how we first officially met so I came across your mom and in a, and I remember ringing mommy on the way home from that talk and saying that Bronwyn Conroy had complimented me and why because your mom was like is the lady and so I suppose my mom was flabbergasted that Bronwyn Conroy would say to her daughter something so positive so there's a lot of love between both our families and that's genuine um but then I came in and I had a couple of jobs prior to working for you guys um teaching Siptax Sadesco and so on and just loved it and then I worked for you guys for two semesters two, two years I think it was um part-time and full-time courses that I did and just yeah honestly that was my first time on expose thanks to your sister Bronwyn she was I'll never can I tell you a story about this that I've oh, never told don't tell Bronwyn don't tell Bronwyn this story I loved the expose piece. I was fascinated by how it worked. And I suppose that's probably so. Eat A lot of my story is actually down to your family, if I really rewind it, because your mom triggered the interest to take it from just, you know, brand training to training people to become therapists. And then your sister <laughs> brought me on to expose as part of like She always did these panels and she brought lots of people in to try the product. I'll never forget the size of the box that I was given to trial. I was like, Bronwyn, how do I put all this onto my face? And then when the crew came in, it was Ashling at the time was the presenter. And she took me aside and said, you're actually quite natural at television. So honestly, your family are like parts, parts of my story. So yes, and that, that all, as you say, did lead to, to the cleanse off mitt. And again, it is down to education. So yeah, I really have a lot to say thank you to you and your family for it. And I'll never forget, I can always remember you sitting in the office yeah, talking with the girl. I that. Yeah, yeah. I, I um, can still remember that vividly. You walking in and us, us chatting. Um, I, you know, so many fond memories, so many fond memories. And that was lovely to you to, uh, for you to share, Jen, about mum. I mean, obviously, I'm going to be biased, but I, I truly, truly believe uh, she put the beauty industry uh, on the map here in Ireland with, you know, the first beauty school and, and all her work for the beauty industry. And, and she worked tirelessly, Jen tirelessly yeah. um so it uh it's it's really lovely to to hear that um one fond memory I have which doesn't represent the amount of work that she did and I I really mean that she was like I believe she's like the mother of be the beauty industry in Ireland I think she yeah. paved the way for you obviously as her daughter but for so many of us in our sector and I suppose that's why I mentioned earlier about feeling that sometimes our sector wasn't appreciated. I think it is really become appreciated now, but your mom, if I felt that 20 years ago, I can't imagine how your mom felt about that 30, 30 years ago. So I suppose I just, I just, I really, I just yeah, have so much respect for what she did for us in total in terms of qualifications, the level of training. I, I still feel that a Bronwyn Conroy training is, like we would have a lot of people that come to us for interviews. We're very fortunate to do so in the skin nerd world. And just that, that there's a level or a polished piece that I feel that what your college had taught is just, it's a, it's a traditional way of training. And what, what my story kind of blends into that. It's the appearance, it's the customer care, it's the etiquette, it's the, um, and I remember one day I forgot my keys and I live like a good hour and a half away from the college. So it was a good community today over and back, but I was, I really wanted to work for Bronwyn Corner for, for your college. 
so wanted to do it but didn't I forget my keys at home and so I had to ring the trainer at the time she didn't have them she wasn't nowhere near and so I had to ring your mom and your mom came down at like seven in the morning oh my god turn it she's like something from a magazine I think I must have looked stressed my hair must have been like I don't know freaking Martin Mad Simpson and your mom came just be like just she had such a poise in a beautiful way and how she commands a room was just yeah so this sorry this this is all sincere it's not just because we're talking I would speak like this to so many people if they give me the chance to talk about your mom and all that your family have been for me so thank you well thank you uh, and I'll uh, she loved listening back to this now Jenny <laughs> Hi, you have made her day you really you really will well look we went from the cleanse off mitt obviously which again huge success uh, and from there well I know there was a little bit of a tricky bit at the beginning um, yes. and you as I said I you couldn't write you know literally when you actually when I heard that story explained it um it wasn't very good at the time I suppose for you and the worry of it but my god you turned it around and when, when well, how many say- came in on a container uh- Sure, like, but they always say that, don't they? That you're, and I really do stand by that. Like your your darker times or your harder times are the ones you truly learn from, where you can choose to learn from. So, for anyone that doesn't know the story, the whistle stop version of it is essentially: I was working in a clinic in London, could really underneath the busy machine could see people really intrigued to learn like about their pigment, their photo damage, their vascular damage, and yet I go back to the very basics of: are you cleansing and are you SPFing? And people weren't doing it, and they were spending. This is an affluent part of London. They're spending copious amount of money on all sorts of hopeful elixirs yeah. of youth, just getting the foundations right. So anyway, long story short, decided there was lots of versions of cleanse off medic. I don't pretend to be the first, but there was none that was quite as affordable as what we were and what we still are. Um, and so when I created it, I didn't know anything about business, and I was on a passion and a mission to ensure that people would truly use it in lieu of wipes and yes. in addition to cleanser. Uh, still stand by that same mission statement, same philosophy, but. And no contract and uh, just didn't do just yeah just perhaps you can yeah definitely learn that contracts are important and um, unfortunately this particular person I was working with as business as can happen in business saw an amazing opportunity to take over the business and so because I know legalities behind me they're able to do it so yeah it was just a huge it was a hard lesson it was a hurtful lesson um but long story short, to answer your question, we had 20,000 myths that were then just absolutely stored everywhere and anywhere. And I was hurt. I was really, really hurt. And my pride was damaged. It was my first kind of entrance into working for myself and it didn't go well. And yet I'd worked for everybody else. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'd work for everybody else as if it was my own business. I really tried my best always, or I felt I did. Perhaps you can tell me since I worked for you years ago. Perhaps you have a different have our appraisal now, uh, how many years later. But so in, in all seriousness, it was a learning. But my God, when I tell you now that I have a really tight legal team when I check contracts and like I've I've used that hurt to now ensure that it's part and parcel of what I do. So yeah, the cleanse off mate was a disaster upon first launch and thankfully uh, ever grown successful launch since then yeah like it's still growing thankfully when you think it's one product um on Aer Lingus and lots of airlines and uh, across lots of it's just it's a it's a it's a I'm biased but it's a magic little thing it's a piece of material that takes the majority of your makeup off or the majority of your SVF on off it's supposed to be used in addition to a cleanser really taking off masks because my bugbear you know this as a facialist I come to you for a facial you I lie down you'll use two myths to put product on and off or you'll use something and I think a lot of people stand at the base and and they kind of splash and dash as I call it yeah. and if you don't truly and thoroughly remove your cleanser you're not going to get the best benefit from the following product so it's so simple but really effective so yeah the cleanse off myth was the learning of all like that helped me learn that about the skin nerd and then the skin nerd I learned to create skin ingredients they all actually felt you know they all manifest themselves from each other yeah I mean skin ingredients I have to say it's um I mean you know my love for skin ingredients and certainly in the treatment room it's a it's a brand I'm always telling my own clients about and recommending I personally adore a pre-probiotic cleanser uh, yeah and skin shield <laughs> um and I have so many clients actually using uh using skin ingredients but I mean that and knowing, I suppose, I mean, back in the 80s when mum had a, a skincare brand and OK, it, it it was successful for a while. And then again, in the 80s in Ireland, I suppose there wasn't that um, 
appetite for an Irish brand, you know, um, everyone just wanted something from France or something much more exotic, shall we say. I mean, Skin Ingredients as a brand is just going from strength to strength. I mean, we start off, then we go into the refills, sustainability, yeah. everything. I mean, you must be so, so proud of everything mm. you've achieved with Skin Ingredients. I think, do you know what's compared to say when you're talking about Bronwyn, your mom having the brand, what's beautiful now is that a lot of, there's so many amazing Irish brands and the Irish consumer wants to really support Irish. And then there's people like yourself who are such huge advocates, like you've written about skin ingredients in magazines, I feel like in your article, clients, TV, and, and I don't take that for granted. And I think what's happening now is as an island, particularly during the pandemic, we really got behind each other. And I think yes. that's beautiful. But yeah. in general, absolutely, I am extremely proud of Skin Ingredients and all that it's done. I'm so proud of the team that are managing it. I was sitting at, an, at a meeting yesterday, at my leaders meeting with all my heads of, and I wasn't needed. And that was the most beautiful feeling to know that my team are delivering the mission and the goal and the business plan as we see it. So my sole purpose then is to care about the ingredients, the delivery, how to communicate, educate, what are the new products we can bring out. So I get to be selfishly creative because I adore this sector. And I feel that the mission of skin ingredients is to keep skincare simple. Yeah. It shouldn't be that you're spending copious amount of money and a lot of time. There are key ingredients we all need that will make a difference to your skin. You, you could sprinkle other pieces in and out as you see fit, as budget allows, as skin goals are concerned need but at the end of the day it should be simple um and so yes i'm extremely proud of it really really am and just can't get over how loyal our clients are like our our database is 60 percent. so how do i know so you mentioned there we launched and then i relaunched again um uh, with refills and the refills yeah. allow us to see how many people replenish because if you get a refill you have to you have bought the price yeah and so essentially and so it's more cost effective you're helping the environment it's great for your skin it's all the key ingredients you need but ultimately 60 percent people that buy skin ingredients are in the refill zone so we have extremely loyal people and you know this with skincare people will only really change skincare if they're not getting results and so for me skin ingredients is all about being a facialist knowing skincare knowing people's skin and because it was born from the skin nerd where at the time we had 10,000 clients now we have 50,000 clients it's from listening to all of their concerns so that's why it's colored that's why it's numbered, that's why there's certain ingredients inside it that's why we teach nipples up because it was from listening as you know in a treatment room you listen to the questions over and over thinking I feel it's my job to educate in a way in which that people know what to do how to use it and that they get results because all I all you ever want as you said at the start is for people to feel good about their skin like we all deserve to feel good about our skin initially yeah. good at our own skin when it comes then to obviously you know your loyal following your customers when it comes to skin ingredients how big a part shall we say, do they play in, let's say, future development or future products or, you know, what's coming down the line? That's, <laughs> you know, very interesting just to see how that marries together. Because Skin Ingredients was truly born from the skin nerd, from those clients, like we were saying, it's been that that part's been so important to me the whole way through. So with Skin Ingredients, we haven't launched an awful lot of newness in terms of new product per se. So we had our launch it was seven products upon launch a year and a half later, um, which was perhaps arguably harder to do the sustainability piece a year and a half later than the original launch because. There's not many, I can't, I don't know if you can, I can't think of many skincare brands off the top of my head that have refills still. And we're nearly two years since we've launched refillable. So it's extremely hard to do because a lot of companies didn't want to get behind this. It's so much more expensive. It doesn't work out as brilliant of a business decision but I feel strongly that if I'm going to create products because I really want to educate people and I don't think there's a lot of brands out there that do it simply and clearly and so that you can get results but then I don't want to be creating more plastic because then I'm contradicting myself that I want to educate about skin but I don't want to educate myself that the planet doesn't need more plastic how does that make sense so so for me that that sustainability piece was a huge why but I suppose where I'm where where I'm going with this is that I've created an awful lot of products that just haven't been brought to market yet. And so what we have are a lot of cohorts of people that are trialing the product that are literally die hard people. If I said, like, I know, as soon as I go on a live, I see them there. They're the first people to open the newsletter. They'll come to our Wellfest event like last week. They're just, they're so loyal. So to answer your question, we still look at all of the information from the skin nerd and know what's needed, what's not needed. Um, I don't believe in creating product for the sake of newness, for the sake of trend, yeah, for the I sake agree. of 
Yeah. And a lot of, a lot of, to be completely frank, Sharna, a lot of people um, are demanding new products from me because that's what I should in commas be doing because that's what new companies do and that's how you keep current and fresh. But I don't believe it should be brought out until it's truly the correct product. So, so yes, to answer your question, it's about 14 products ready to go. They're all, so one of them has been trialed for two and a half years with a, a cohort of people that are based in the UK and Ireland, all diversity, all ages, all genders, all everything. And so their photographs are just unbelievable because my goal for the future is to bring out products that I don't say this, this, and this is in it, but I'm able to show you the emotional reason as to why you should perhaps consider it because I feel skincare is emotional. If we think about when people come to you for a facial, it's to feel good in themselves to feel confident in themselves to feel that their spots are less they feel whatever it is so yeah so for me so to answer your question everything that ingredients will do in the future is based off listening to people it just takes longer to do it that way because people often say to me why don't you have like newness like x y and z brand and they're always doing launches and pure pieces and flying people off left right and center and I'm like maybe one day we'll get there but right now it's about I still feel people have to understand they need to cleanse, hydrate, vitamin A and SPF every day. And I'm still on a mission to get that message out. And there's more to come and there's exciting things to come at the end of this year, but it'll, it'll be slow and controlled rather than that. That's, that's how I feel. It's the right way to do it. And it goes back to me always saying to a client, even last week on Wellfest, we had our first ever pop-up in-person event. We had a two hour queue for people to come and see us on the Sunday. It was, it was unbelievable. And so, and again, that's back to our, our loyal clients. But the, I always say, like, don't get everything at once. I'm sure you say this in your treatment yeah. room. Don't buy everything at once because how do you know what's made the difference? So I feel it's contradictory then for me to bring out 15, 16 products. I'm like, use everything. No, because you only need the key ingredients and then sprinkle in other things. And when you bring something new in, take a photograph of your face, document how it's working, give it at least 28 days to see a difference. Know that after 28 days, it's only starting. Yes. So, you know, you've got to three months. So, I would rather people, for me, skincare, skin ingredients is longevity and building up a loyal client that really feels amazing in their skin because of it. It's not a quick fix. It's not fashion. It's my passion. It's I'm here for forever. Hopefully it'll be here for forever. So how do I bring people on that journey? With all of this, my God, you know, keeping up with, as I said, uh, Cleanse Off Mitch, the books, um, the Skin Nerd Network, everything, skin ingredients. You know, you are one busy woman. Um, when it come, how do you combine all of this work and then the downtime and switching off and having life as Jen and, you know, with Jill? Like, how is your downtime? Do you switch off? Are you constantly on the go? Oh, it's a really good question. Do you know what? Asking me today versus asking me three years ago, it's, the answer will, will vary. So what I mean by that is I'm five years self-employed now. So the skin nerd is five, skin ingredients will be coming up four. So I generally had resided to the fact that for the first half a decade, I was going to have to be married to my job. It was just part and parcel. Um, I would argue, and my son Matthew would argue that a large part of me has been married to my job always anyway. We went, Matthew and I went for a jog last night together. When I say jog, he ran and I kind of like <laughs> half walked. But it was a great moment. And I said, we were talking about work, we were talking about his college. And I said, do I talk about work an awful lot? He's like, perhaps 60% of the time. And I was like, oh, that's, but he's like, mom, I wouldn't want it any other way because you're so passionate about it. And like, obviously, so so for me to answer your question, I think my 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 world is skincare. My world is my passion passion it's my it's it's my love but I have gotten much better of late to like if I go out with my friends now they charge me if I talk about skin so they I have to like I have to buy everyone a drink and then it turns into a round of drinks so I stop talking uh about skin um but I think it, it's it's a it's um it's beautiful and it's not so beautiful to love something as much as you do in that I have to really tell myself to stop because it's not for everybody um with Matthew for example my son I'll always make sure that I talk about his like I have to this this sounds very this might maybe sound really cold but I have to stop and go right because I would happily talk about my business my work my world our clients ingredients all of the time but when I go home I have to say right okay talk to me about your day how was your exams what's happening and really immerse myself in his world or similarly for Jill um my partner yeah so I've gotten better I think it's I think it's um 
I think it's a work in progress. So yesterday, for example, I went for a jog with him, went for a walk on the beach with Jill. Uh, we did our stretches and our whole lot. So like some days are really good. But today I started work at seven. I won't finish till seven o'clock tonight, I'd imagine. Um, and I'll still have to do some prep work for meetings tomorrow. So it swings and roundabouts. And I sure did, you know, my bugbear is some people give out about days like today they say it's unhealthy but I am as happy as you could find me my son's 19 he's big and bold he's rare he's happy my fiance has her own company so she's happy so I'm not letting anyone down I'm just enjoying myself so I don't think you have to do a nine to five I think you have to figure out what the hell suits your life at that time no I I, I agree and actually you know even with myself and my own work um I, I really have to focus on, on you know leaving work sometimes you know in work uh, and having that quality time with Ella and Zoe and Bren and George. Um, and sometimes when it's just me, myself and I, I do find that quite difficult. Um, and I do really consciously have to say, right, put the phone away. We, we were recently on a, a short trip to Palma and the two girls are like, mum, will you, you know, off the phone? And I felt terrible. And I was just like, oh, my God, because, again, it's you trying to manage social, me trying to manage social media, me trying to do this. And then I just said, right, you know what? Now, detox, put the phone away. And just have that moment, have that quality time. So I'm trying to get better at it. I genuinely am. It's hard, but our, our phones are there to be, they're addictive. Like yeah. they absolutely are. And then there's a responsibility of you have to, especially for you, you're doing everything yourself. So, I mean, there is a lot to be said for that. So I, I think your girls are like you would have grown up as with Bronwyn seeing your mom, like you grow up seeing this around you and you realize that it's beautiful. Um, But yes, you are right. We both have to, even just for ourselves, have yeah. that time not to be on the phone, not to switch off. So I do find it really hard to switch off. So it's only of late I go to a life coach now. I'm doing like uh, gratefulness or gratitude at bedtime, stretching at bedtime, magnesium at bedtime, you know, um, and my phone, we've always had this rule in our house, in the rock house before Miss Jill Deering joined us because it was Matthew and I on our own for so long. So we've always had no phone policy for a certain period every night so during dinner no phones allowed at all both phones actually put down the other end of the kitchen table or whatever the case is um and then at bedtime we always have time together so it's not the healthiest thing but we'd always have watched program or something together and you're not allowed on your phone so you have to pause the television if someone goes on their phone because you're this is our time we chat and laugh and so so I think that's always been healthy but as soon as he'd go to bed I'd, I used to before Jill moved in I'd have been a disaster because I'd be just like yeah. the whole night Scrolling, now I'm scrolling happy. away yeah. <laughs> somebody's given out to me so I have to stop yeah is there anything funnily enough actually that you might have seen on social media where you're literally like oh no 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 um, do you see lots of misinformation out there yeah. Uh, yeah yeah a lot um, I have a love-hate relationship more so with TikTok than Instagram, to be fair. Um, I would probably, I don't, I follow a lot of Irish people because I want to support fellow people yeah. in our sector, but I would watch an awful lot of people in the States and Australia. I just find, yeah, I like looking around the world also to see what they're doing. Um, and I think there's a lot of opinion-based skincare advice right there and so all I say to people is when you're going into any particular piece of content if you can try in that split second understand are you are they teaching you or is it entertainment and if it's entertainment and someone's causing all sorts of havoc to their skin or using or misusing products um and you can find that humorous my heart dies inside when I see it just for the record <laughs> but I'm like you know that then just don't do it but if you're going to somebody just make sure they do have a form of a qualification and even when people have qualifications there's still there's still misinformation within it so I, I do I think it's about choosing one or two people that you truly trust that you know have the qualifications or credentials that back them up and if they don't know they won't know and they'll refer on I think that's key and there's a lot of people still in the fascist realm that will um, perhaps stretch the boundaries as to what we can or can't advise or prescribe or have an opinion on. So I stand firm. I'm not a medic. I can work alongside medics. I have no opinion on medication for skin, except if you need it, you absolutely have to go for it and get a consultation. But I can't give you my opinion because that's me as Jennifer, not me as your skincare person. So yeah, I suppose, uh, have I seen one or two things that sit out? Every two weeks I'm on Ireland AM and they ask me to deep dive TikTok to show how not to do it. So I spend about 20 minutes the week before violently frustrated at people. In, I think the one that scares me the most is the one that came out about two years ago where people only put suntan on certain areas that they, you know, they're trying to contour their body with the use of suntan. I'm like, just put on, like, why do you have to 
2023 or people burning their skin to the point that they're now peeling pe like I mean pee like I mean peeling it off like you would anyone that knows what I'm talking about a gomage mask like a French mask where you yeah. peel them off or a sheet mask literally looks like a sheet mask coming off their skin and I'm like why are we watching this why would we encourage this how has this got one billion views I don't want to talk about it on television because I'm drawing more eyeballs to it um yeah they're my they're the ones that hurt my heart you what about you have to see oh, some crackers well I do. And actually, it was a, it was a question uh, that came in. I uh, asked some of my followers uh, to submit some questions for you, Jen. So I this kind of segues nicely into this, uh, because one of the things that I see, and it actually was a question, dermaplaning. Now that triggers oh, yeah. me big time. <laughs> Look at the tone of how you asked me. I'm like, yes, big sure. Yeah. Why do you... There's been a huge increase yeah. for it though, had the last few years. I feel there, the last there few years. And I think it's a trend. And I think sometimes, certainly as a facialist, you know, we don't have to jump on these trends. So I'm I'm completely against it. I will never do it. Um, I will never offer it as a treatment. That's just my personal opinion. But to me, it's it's not conducive to good skin health. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, I've gotten in trouble for my opinion on it, but it's actually quite the same as your opinion, which is, I don't, I, look, if I really boil it back, why are we doing it? People are doing it to get rid of the vellus hair on their face. So there's two types of hair, as we tend to know, in the face. There's your vellus hair, which is kind of the white downy hair. And then there's a the terminal hair, which are kind of the darker, more bulbous, pigmented hair. So for myself, if I can speak completely about myself, I have polycystic ovaries, I have endometriosis, I have like so many underlying unfortunate hormone conditions, which means I do get a lot of hair on my face. So I do understand the desire to take hair away. I need to say that first and foremost, because I get it. I genuinely get it. And as I'm a dark haired human and pale skin, I'm a perfect candidate for lasers. I've had laser done and you do have to trim and some clinics say to shave. So to a degree, I've probably borderline dermaplaned my skin because I've wanted to get rid of that hair for the for the for the for the reasons that they yes, um yeah. you love them on my face. But for dermaplaning, for those that are the vellus hairs, I just think there's a there's a level of perfection that we're all trying to get to now that I just don't think is achievable. I feel for your girls, like what ages are they? They're 16, 17 in November. Yeah. Like that age group in particular, and I, I don't mean to specifically lean on females, but I do think there's a lot of pressure on women to look a certain way. Even now, 30s, 40s, I feel there's more pressure for someone of my generation than I look at my mom in her 30s. And she, like, it just, it's just... I just feel for people. So what I'm trying to say is, I understand in theory people want to get it done. I just think there's other ways to do it. And I don't know if you really need to do it. As in, if it's terminal hair and it's really affecting you and you feel that you're not looking as feminine as you want and it's due to medical reasons, that's slightly different. But if you're taking away blondie hairs because you want to look like the Paris filter on Instagram or you feel that other people don't have them, I promise you now people do have them. And this that the skin barrier is one of the most Googled and one of the most YouTubed and TikTok terms. And it's a term that's always been used in skincare as facialists that we respect the top layer of the skin, but it's become a real consumer-driven expression. And yet dermaplaning, alongside many other things, aren't respecting it. So you can't on one side say, I'm looking after my barrier and then tell me that you're aciding, over-retinoling, you're doing all these yeah. and you're doing it's like yeah I just think you're, at times we're contradicting ourselves though so for me it's a no if you didn't um, guess <laughs> well I'll, I'll second that um another question Jen and uh, this one was um any are you sorry are eye creams necessary oh so in like I this is the difficult part about writing a book because you've com you've committed to a concept, right? And I understand Caroline Hirons, who's been kind, really kind to me over the years, and I know you know her as well. So Caroline Hirons um, is, a, if you don't know her, you got to go look her up. But essentially, she wrote a book with the proviso that she had to be allowed to redo it. And I always remember her saying that to me before the book launched, thinking that is such a clever idea. Because in my books, I both said, I don't rate eye creams. And I still stand by that to a degree. So what I mean by that is, years ago, I think eye creams were needed because moisturizers were in and serums weren't in yet. And you had to apply your eye cream in an area where a moisturizer couldn't have been applied. And so that made sense. Now skincare has evolved so much that serums have overtaken moisturizers. Serums are lighter weight and they penetrate through. So they negate the need for an eye cream, in my opinion, the majority of the time. However, there's a lot of eye creams on the market that are just hydration. And that's where I feel that there's a lot of money still being made by a lot of companies for 
where I could have just used a serum. So my bugbear is that someone says, I'm cleansing, I'm using this serum, I'm using this eye cream, I'm using this moisturizer. And I'm like, they're the same ingredients. It's like me giving you carrots that are chopped up, that are mashed. It's the same thing. So on your dinner plate, that was not carrots for your face, just for the record. So <laughs> yeah, so I think they're okay. I just think, I think you have to make sure that you have the ingredients in it. So what ingredients would I look for in eye cream? Peptides, retinol, vitamin C, terizinase inhibitors, they're probably my main ones. What would you look for in an eye cream? Uh, niacinamide sometimes as well. Um, but again, I suppose I would choose, and I'll be honest with you, I don't use an eye cream. I, I have them there. Um, and sometimes I'll dip in if I wake up in the morning and the eyes are in the back of my head and I want something like, let's say, the Illumiere Illumini <laughs> or I want some brightening or something. But my yeah. serums, I use good serum. The, you know, the products I use are good. I will take them right up. Um, yeah, you know, around the eye area. I don't have time necessarily also to be doing, you know, all the various different steps. Me personally, I say to my own clients, get, as I said, the basics right. And if you want to, you know, bring in a mask, if you want to bring in an exfoliator, if you want to bring in an eye cream, that's absolutely fine. But get everything else right first. And if you're using good skincare, you can obviously use it around the eye. And yeah, the, I don't use them myself regularly. Yeah, so I think we're on the same page. I think it really is down to the ingredients. And if your serums have those ingredients in it, then there's no necessarily need to have the eye cream in addition to it. So for sheer hydration or ones that feel lovely or have illuminating particles or the pigment pieces you speak of, I totally get that because that's kind of bordering into makeup almost because it gives you that quick fix of illuminosity. But from an ingredients perspective, and sometimes, can I be really honest? Sometimes yeah. I just don't think I could work. So a, a question I'm often asked is about treatments and what I give the thumbs up to or the thumbs down to. And for me, because I really naturally have very dark heart, um, hollows under my eyes, I always have had, I see it in Matthew now, it's just our bone structure, we can't change it. Um, and I just swear by PRP. I think PRP, um, people call it the vampire facial yeah. or the Kim Kardashian facial, or but essentially for that doesn't know, they take the blood out of your arm like a regular blood test and they put it into a particular machine which has the ability to divide out and then they take the platelets, which is like the, uh, I describe it, has the growth factors or the, the key ingredients that can kind of trigger collagen back in your life and they inject it back in underneath. They could put it anywhere in your knees for arthritis. Like it's a, an amazing treatment, but I get it underneath my eye every year and it just, it's a really unusual sensation when they put the warm blood back in underneath your eye, but it causes my body to regenerate itself. And I, I just, I think that's a couple of hundred euro, but I feel that that lasts me about a year and a, a year to year and a half, to be honest. And that does more than an eye cream of 30, 60, 90, 150 euro can do. So that's how I balance it out, rationalize it. And it's my body regenerating itself, which I quite oh. like too. And actually, that's interesting you should say that because um, I interviewed there Alice Hart Davis of the Tweakman's Guide. Uh, uh, yeah. Lovely, oh, Alice. Yeah, yeah. And she mentioned that too. One of the, uh, a follower had a question about uh, under eye and she, met, she mentioned that. Last question for you, Jen, before I let you go. Um, what does Jennifer use herself? So honestly, I'm spoiled rotten in that I have a lot of products at home so I do try a lot of products but my absolute non-negotiable every single day and this isn't a sales picture and it's not how I operate but every day with they fail I use the key for I mean I can't not so I'll use my pre-probiotic cleanse it takes off you know any oil debris makeup whatever the case is depending on the time of day put veg on because it's really cooling hydrating anti-inflammatory protein which is our vitamin a really evens out the skin and an SPF but other things that I'd sprinkle in there, I, I'm, I'm a fan at night of uh, BAM. So I use lots of different cleansing BAMs, be it Elemis, Ella and Joe, I love as well. Um, Nunaya, a lot of Irish brands to be fair. I love yeah. Sally Hughes has a beautiful cleansing BAM. So I, I love a cleansing BAM, just more that ritual sensation. Then I'll always use pre-pro, um, but I'll usually actually sprinkle in uh, dermal. I do like Dermalogica's microfoliant to be fair, like, like a little bit. Of, yeah, I like that too. Yeah. <laughs> If I need it, like I have spots today. So salicylic acid will feature. And then I'll always use veg and protein. But at night, I'll probably put in a retinol in addition to my protein. And then sometimes I'll use a ceramide-based moisturizer if I feel like I sleep with the Dyson on all the time due to asthma. So sometimes my skin just needs a little bit more of a layer on top to keep yeah. the, I need the, I need the humidity. Perfect. Or, yeah, I need the I'm trying to keep it not, not my ramble. No, yes, Um. They're my absolutely all the time. And I swear by spritz and my favorite one of all time will be Yonka. I just think the smell of that product brings me back to one of my first ever spa treatments. It's just, it's just like stepping into an oasis. Um, they're my, 
they're my absolute every time oh yeah I do use hand cream every night which means it just gets to here so my poor upper arm doesn't get loved at or at all um there yeah that's and I, I use ameliorate on my body um I, I spritz my body quite a lot as well ameliorate is really good so for anyone that doesn't yeah. know it's brilliant for I don't really have keratosis pilaris but I would have textural issues on my thighs um they're kind of my they're my they're my they're my go-to's Sorry, how did I miss it? Environ, I'll always use it. That's what I was just actually in. Sorry, and yeah, another question. If you could only choose one Environ product, now yeah. that's really pushing you on the spot, but um, what would that Very be? Night serum. So I, sorry, the one thing that's a non-negotiable for me at the moment is the Environ Night Serum, Serian Serum. So it has technology inside it that, so I would say, you ask me how do I balance my life. My life doesn't sound balanced when you listen to it, but I love it. I love the mayhem. Okay, that's just, that's how I thrive. However, it's it's wrong for me to say I don't have stress in my life. I absolutely do. I was late for this podcast, so I'm panicking getting here. So like, it's just part of sport. I'm so, I'm so sorry for that, by the way. But I, the point is, like skin skin is it often um is kind of the the mirror for how you're feeling inside and there's a lot of inflammation in our diet and our lifestyle be it um chosen or not and so having the ability to put a skincare product on as is with this serum they've lots of ingredients in it that show that when you put it on it calms the inflammation so much and it helps with the stress receptors within the skin so for me that's magic because every day there's some form of it's not always negative stress it's just life is busy and so how do I give my skin the ingredients it needs and that's the only one that I kind of that's right that's my bad I do add that in and have added that in since maybe January and see a difference in my skin actually probably had more compliments on my skin in the last few months because my skin had kind of gotten to a stage where it was it was where it was and then I brought in lately and we're having a team day here today and uh, as I ran up the stairs to here the guys are like your skin looks really good so I think that that's and I'm really good on my inside journey not always at my diet but Actually, I do have this here beside me because it's had to go into my bottle. So my Revive Active, that's a non-negotiable. I take iron every day, which is a medical piece I have to take. Um, and I take Omegas, sometimes AS, sometimes advanced nutrition programs, depending on what I have in the in the press. Yeah. Um, I do take vitamin A every day and I take vitamin C. Usually Altrian C is my go-to. I love those little liposomal sachets. They taste um, questionable but it's quick it's easy it's down the hatchet and it's gone and it just it's such a powerful form of vitamin c so there that's that's how i that's that's my go-to that sounds like a lot but honestly at night i take about two minutes max to do my body i'm, I'm done i don't have time i want my pillow exactly um, yeah, i'm the same quick yeah one two three done <laughs> one of your irish brand that deserves a shout out is how they have a beautiful sonic cleansing brush so if i'm yes. doing a little bit more friday night chill i'll i'll use that a little bit they're beautiful yeah oh jen we could i i could keep you for another hour but don't worry i won't <laughs> i won't i leave you be because when you said i've been up since seven o'clock and i'll be working till seven i'm not going to take any more of your time no but, but i love I, that i mean this is like a break in the middle of the day right i mean i mean that sincerely getting chat to someone that loves skincare you're doing so much for skincare like I love your segment on RTE I think what you deliver is just it's kind of in the most in the most beautiful way it's like candid candid you just you're straight talking and you really want the best for people so yeah of course when you reach out I was like yeah 100% how do you make this work do I have to come to you do you have to come to me where do we go well now the next time you'll okay no podcast but the next time uh, as I said if you're going to be in Cork or West Cork I want to see you and obviously I'm going to try and see you if uh, you know next time I'm up in Dublin but Jen, this has just been such a pleasure to see you. You look amazing. As I said, happiness radiating from you. And I'm just so delighted for all your success, for your beautiful, beautiful relationship with Jill and all that's to come. And thank you so much for giving of your time to me today. Thank you for listening to Sherna Talks Beauty and thank you to Revive Active, Ireland's number one dietary and supplement brand. If you have any beauty questions or you'd like to get in touch with me, email hello at shernamalone.ie or message me on Instagram at shernamalone.ie. And don't forget to tag me on socials, hashtag Sherna Talks Beauty. Talk soon.